Welcome to the Payments Podium Podcast, hosted by the payments professor himself, Kevin Olson. This podcast discusses the past, present, and the possibilities of the payments industry. Here's the show. Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Payments Podium. I'm the payments professor, Kevin Olson, bringing you the latest and greatest information on what's happening in the world of electronic payments. It's a huge world. There's a lot happening out there. Today, I'm really excited because we're going to talk a lot about regulations. Yeah, that's one that doesn't necessarily get people excited. It does me though. Regulations are really important. Being able to work with them, being able to manage them, staying in compliance. These are things that can be a chore, that can be a task. But I've got an expert that's going to be on the podium, taking the podium to educate us, to help us all learn a little bit more about what can we do when we're working in the world of regulations. I have Rohan Tagra. He is the founder at Azimuth GRC, an organization that he created, he founded to be able to assist us all when it comes to working with regulations. So Rohan, uh, I want to welcome you to the show. Thanks, Kevin. Glad to be here. So I, I know, like I'm, I'm telling everybody, hey, we're going to have an exciting conversation about regulations. I know when we met in Vegas at a Payments Innovation Alliance meeting for NACHA, which is an organization that brings experts from around the world on topics of payments together, that you had this light and glimmer in your eye when it came to talking about regulations. Now, how does one get that light and glimmer in their eye when talking about regulations? Can you tell us a little bit of where did you get this start or this idea that you wanted to work in regulations? Um, so I did not grow up in, uh, you know, when you were asked what do you want to do, um, be a fireman, be an astronaut, I did not say I wanted to be a regulatory expert. Uh, it, it turned out to be that way. Um, through the evolution of the things that I've done. So I have been working in the banking industry for 20 plus years. And um, over the last, uh, since 2008, there's been the financial crisis and the regulatory environment has changed. And through that time, uh, I've been living and breathing uh, regulations, demonstrating compliance. And so it's, uh, it's turned out to be by happenstance, but it is, um, it's an interesting and great time because those regulations, the regulations that go into play, uh, the things that we do to ensure we comply uh, are all for betterment for the customer and the consumer. Okay. Now I, I want to know this too, because people ask me all the time like, Hey, payments professor, you've got this knack for being able to explain payment rules and regulations, making them a lot easier to understand. Were you always like that? And the answer I have to tell them is no. In fact, uh, just over 20 years ago, I can remember sitting in a circle with a mentor of mine, a lady named Katie Varian. She's super huge and smart. And when it comes to understanding rules and regulations taught me a lot of what I know. But we sat in a circle and actually had to exchange dollar bills with each other so that I could understand how an offset worked because I didn't get it at first. Did you just jump into regulations right away and go, you know, I know you didn't want to grow up and do it, but when you, you got into it, when you got into the banking world, did you just all of a sudden go, this makes sense to me? No, it, uh, it took time to get there. Um, so we started, I, I spent most of my time on the business side and the operations and technology. And over time, uh, within each of those roles and those areas, regulations were a, a critical component. Uh, and so what I realized over time was that needed to understand those and understanding the nuances and the caveats 
and applying those into the operations um, was a, it was a it was a strategic advantage. Uh, made a huge difference. And so, after you know, took 15 years of reading regulations over and over to understand them, uh, understand the applicability, how we should uh, uh, implement those in the operations. It happened over time. Okay, did so, it take 15 it, it was, years of reading it over and over because you read two paragraphs, you fall asleep and take a short nap, you wake up, you read two paragraphs, rinse and repeat? <laughs> the, that's part of it. And the other part is the number, uh, the, the overarching number of regulations that are applicable True. to a specific industry. Like if you take mortgage, for example, there's 5,000 plus. You take the payment space between guidelines and between the federal and, and state regulations, there's hundreds and are thousands of regulations that are applicable or, or guidelines or rules uh, for you to be able to conform. Well, you know what I found interesting too is uh, on the, we happen to be recording this on a date that NACHA has a rule that goes into effect today that has to deal with uh, how they work with unauthorized returns and given some more flexibility to financial institutions in the return process. So I think it's ironic that, you know, that is happening. But at the same time, you know, having been doing this for a while, you're probably like me and can remember when it used to be there was going to be rules changes. There used to be when there was going to be changes at anything in payments and processing, we would get advance notice. We would have plenty of time. And I'm not saying we don't have plenty of time now. We do. We do. But it would be more like it seems like there would be one change that would be coming in one payment channel. And that would be the only one thing you're focusing on. Now, it feels like there's always something changing in every payment channel that you have to keep up with. Has your experience been the same in that? Yes. Um, so with the environment changing in terms of the, the, the rate of how business changes and the technology is changing and we've got new competitors coming in place with FinTechs, RegTechs, uh, different uh, markets opening up, the, the regulatory environment is trying to keep up with that. Um, and so with innovation also comes the, the need for regulation at times. Um, and so that, I think, is creating to additional change. And the amount of change that's happening um, is, has increased. I think I've seen studies that say there's a regulation change uh, every seven minutes uh, on average. So, wow. uh, yes, there's a lot of regulatory change. Um, okay. and, and, you know, another and thing, so, too, what we're talking about the past – I can remember when all I needed to know was a little bit about UCC, maybe three and four, Reg CC, Reg E, and about NACHA rules, and that could cover a couple of different payment channels. And that was, you know, going back again over a couple of decades. And I, I know, again, you've been doing it a little bit, or about as long as I have as well. And do you remember the same thing? I mean, I remember things like GLBA suddenly become a big thing. Uh, OFAC, while it's always been there, suddenly becoming a much bigger deal that we got to be able to deal with. And even, you know, like Reg GG and dealing with gambling and how all of those expanded. I mean, have you seen that same growth over the years? Yes. And I think it correlates to even the, the size of departments uh, in the financial institutions, right? And when you look at compliance departments uh, it, 20 years ago or in the early 2000s, it was probably a handful of folks. Um, and now you will see compliance departments across a large institution up to three or 4,000 uh, uh, employees in that space. So I think it's a sign of the times in terms of 
a correlation you can make in the past of the size of groups and the amount of uh, um, folks needed to respond to that amount of change relative to how much change there is today and how important the uh, compliance with the rules and regulations and the number of regulations that are out there uh, has changed. So I, I think that's a, a great uh, observation and I think it correlates uh, very closely with um, the staffing as well. Yeah, it does. And it's, it's interesting. You talked about uh, how it used to be really small. I remember people didn't even have compliance departments, let alone even somebody with the compliance title. And, you know, you hear the story, people always talk about, I had the idea for Uber and, you know, people, then the next logical thing is, well, why didn't you go through with it? Well, I have to tell you that it was late 1999, I think, early 2000s. I had an idea that I was like, hey, should we create software that keeps track of all of the agreements and the uh, policies that people have in place as far as being in compliance? And I, I pitched this idea at a brainstorming meeting and the guys in the meeting laughed. And so I let it go. But since then, you've done just that, haven't you? I mean, if, if we jump from what it used to be like and what we were seeing to today, isn't that what you've done as the founder and CEO of Azimuth to create something to make it easier to be aware of and to keep track of all these rules and regulations? So, yes, uh, the goal uh, and objective of what Azimuth provides is the ability to keep up with regulations and derive those down into your operations uh, and tie those to your controls like policies and procedures and systems, how you, how you execute on those day to day, as well as when laws change, uh, how they would impact your operations and streamline that impact assessment. And so where this came about from is, yeah, I spent 20 years in the financial services uh, industry with the banks. And um, while I was doing that, one of the big challenges we always had was being able to keep up with the regulatory change. I also understand who's accountable for those regulations and rules um, and how are they complying with those? Because there's lots of audits that happen. There are regulatory reviews that happen as well as just good business practice of knowing that you're in compliance with all the rules and regulations. And so that's uh, what we've gone to, to build here. Uh, as I was in industry, I continued to look for a solution. And, you know, it was, it was amazing to me that in this day and age, a lot of what we were using was Excel and, the, and SharePoint or some other applications off the shelf uh, that are not intended for this purpose, but we're, we were trying to force fit into that. Wait, wait, can we hold on and hit that topic for a second? Did you just say, and I know it's true, but I want people to hear this. Did you just say that people are using a man-made, man-managed, Excel spreadsheet to keep track of the numerous rules and regulations for the various payment channels and the various ways it applies within a financial institution. They're relying on one person to do this on a spreadsheet. One person or multiple people to collaborate on a spreadsheet. And, and you know how that can happen. So the answer is yes. There's a lot of places where spreadsheets are being used to manage this or SharePoint or an access database. Um, so pretty. Um, basic tools or, or applications for the for 2020 and so yes and it becomes a very challenging thing to do to manage those and stay current with those and have version and control uh and that's you can probably this probably helps understand why there are those issues and challenges and the number of staff needed to keep up with these things 
Yeah. Uh, well, here, here's a question too. I got to ask you because you know I get this one a lot. How do you know what law or rules changed, and how do you know who it applies to? So, with the um, there, there's algorithms that we've built to go identify uh, the changes in the laws. So we bring them all in and we identify if there are changes there. That's how we determine that piece of it. And then we also have content creation. So we have a, a law firm uh, that goes in, or uh, the NACHA experts, which is NACHA, uh, go in and define the rules uh, as well as identify the impacted department. So that's all maintained in the application. And from there, uh, each customer has their own instance that is applicable to their environment. Awesome. And, and you know, what I think is great about it is as being somebody who's got to do this myself, it, it can be such a tedious process because there's so many different areas it can apply to. And you mentioned NACHA. I love NACHA and what they're doing. I love that, you know, even through the COVID-19 pandemic, they've been adjusting their rules on the fly even. Uh, recently, two bulletins came out in one day that made changes to how processing's taking place during the pandemic. So that's stuff that, you know, that's one source you got to be on top of. Echo, if you're following check rules, you got to be on top of them. The Federal Registry and FRB and what they're doing in case they change any of the federal regulations. Uh, CFPB in case they say, hey, this is going to apply. The FFIEC in case they say, hey, this is going to apply, which can then trickle down to the FDIC or the NCUA because they issue some guidance or rules. And, and you know, that's the thing too, is it's not just rules, it's also guidance and the guidance comes with some interpretation and how, how do you go about that interpretation process? So what we do is uh, we, love, we, we lean on the experts. So within, within the specific industry, we'll lean on the experts to go and define those, um, those rules or regulations into plain business language and business terms. Um, and so that's how we get to that point. Um, as opposed to, you know, handing the re- the rule or the regulation to five different folks within the operation and leave it to them to try and figure that out. So what it does is it creates one source of truth, and it also, um, the, my, my favorite saying these days is, laws are not structured like our operations. Right? A law or a regulation or a rule may take four or five groups to ensure you comply with holistically across the organization. And if you can't provide a consistent definition down to each of those groups, uh, that's where I think there's uh, rampant uh, to errors um, or, you know, different interpretations or different analysis of it within the same organization. And I know, too, that you've got a lot of experience, you know, looking over your resume. I know you've been a senior vice president of a financial institution. You've worked in the compliance area. You've you've even worked in the consulting realm. So you've got the years of experience and understanding. And you've also mentioned that you're leaning on the other industry experts that are out there for that. And when it comes to the expertise that you're leaning on, I know you're relying on reliable organizations. Uh, something else I hear, though, is certification, that, that if you have people that are certified, that that helps. And, and I, w- I want to get your opinion on the certification, too, because it is something that I believe that helps, but I don't know if it necessarily guarantees. And I think what you're also talking about is you're providing a tool to help those certified people. 
Uh, one of the big certifications that's out there is the APRP. That's an accredited payments risk professional. Folks, if you're listening, you're interested in, in making your career a little bit better, uh, I definitely highly recommend the APRP. It's offered by NACHA. It lets you learn about risk in multiple payment channels and show you're certified. But how do you feel about that? I mean, is, is certification something that you say people need to get so that they're aware of it, but then they need to be able to go deeper to be able to stay updated and have that even deeper understanding of the rules and regulations? Yes, I think certifications are, are very valuable uh, because they provide a basis of, uh, of knowledge and understanding of how the rules work, the um, uh, and, and you build industry experts with that. So the certifications, I think, are very important. Now, what I think what we bring together with the application is a collaborative uh, application of lots of industry experts, certi certified experts, uh, lawyers, um, and, and the right set of, of combination um, to make sure we're getting the right uh, analysis on those requirements. And so I always think, you know, 10 heads are better than one. And so if you can put that much uh, brain power or knowledge into a platform, then um, everyone wins. The, the certified team members, the ones that may not have a certification because they don't have to live and breathe every rule, but that they are in the operations uh, and they've got to understand, you know, which ones that they are responsible for. So I think, yes, I think the certifications are important. And I think bringing all that value into a, centralized content library is also uh, valuable because now you're bringing uh, multiple perspectives to, um, to everyone. Right. Well, okay, here's, here's something else. And when it comes to certification, yeah, you got to go take the test and whoa, we all know how much fun that can be, right? Well, I, I, I wonder about this. I, I know in the test that sometimes you get asked what feels like this one obscure question about this one little law or rule or regulation that's like, nobody has to apply to that. And what it is, is there are some rules or regulations that seem like just apply to a small group or in certain situations. Is what you do and what you're working on and focusing on, would it help me if it is that one obscure law that only applies in certain situations that I'm suddenly gonna be able to know, hey, it applies in these areas, this is what it is, and here's a better understanding of it. Is, is, am I right in saying that that's the type of service you're being able to offer to the industry? Yes. So we enrich the data through the experts. So it's not just defining them into requirements. The other thing that we do is we categorize those. So this applies to uh, an ODFI, an RDFI. This applies to returns. So it's really categorizing and, and enriching that data. Uh, and then we can also um, identify specific types of institutions that might apply to. This applies to uh, a, a bank versus a fintech. Um, so it is narrowing down the population of set of rules uh, and laws that are applicable based off of uh, where you operate and your, and your operations. Awesome. And you know what, real quick for all the listeners out there, some of you, I probably should have done a disclaimer at the beginning, but some of you might be going, hey, is this a sales pitch for Azimuth? And it's not. What, what I want to do and why, the reason why I had Rowan on here is because what is happening in the industry is rapid change in rules and regulations. I know a lot of you rely on the videos that the payments professor puts out for getting that interpretation and understanding, but I also know that there's other resources that are out there. So like I said, that conversation in Vegas got my wheels turning. We've had conversations since then, and I wanted to be able to present an, another industry expert on 
all of this stuff that is working diligently to give another voice, to give another avenue, another channel for all of you to be able to go out there and manage and work with all these rules and regulations. And that's one of the things that I see Azimuth is doing. And there may be others that are doing it, but I just am really fascinated by what they're doing. And that's why we brought this on, brought them on the show to be able to talk about that. Now, Rowan, one of the big things that we do on the Payments Todium is we, we talk about the past, you know, where we were, and like you said, people have been doing this with spreadsheets. How? I don't know, at least how effectively, and that leaves a lot of room for error. We get to the present where you've got solutions that make this easier to manage, make it easier to be able to stand, stay on top of, that people can, you know, I call it sleep at night because you know that you're in compliance. I mean, you'd never want to be out of compliance and written up for a rule violation, regulation violation, or a finding even in an audit. But what's the future? I mean, what are the possibilities of where this is going to go? Uh, do you, you mentioned even RegTech. Do you see more regulatory issues coming up over time that you know, people are going to have to really work harder to stay on top of everything. Yes, I don't think I, I think the, the the speed of the regulatory environment is going to continue uh, at the pace that we're at or potentially increase. I mean, just take a look, for example, the CARES Act that was uh, um, uh, that was passed on Friday. Right. There's a lot of rules uh, in there that. Um, not just the banking or payments industry is going to have to follow, um, but it, small businesses, if they're taking loans, uh, the airlines from a standpoint of the, uh, uh, the funding that's being provided to, to them. So I don't think, I, I do think the, the pace of regulatory change, whether it's decommissioning laws or adding laws, changing laws, uh, is going to continue to increase and staying on top of that is going to require, um, Automation, right? It, when you look at it, if you try and do things with Excel or SharePoint, it's going to break those things pretty fast. It, it's interesting. I equate regulatory technology uh, equivalent to the accounting technology of the 80s, right? So <laughs> we, accounting technology was using spreadsheets and those things back then in the 80s. And now um, you've got things like, hey, you can go file your taxes on TurboTax, right? It, it's the, uh, and you can keep your books on QuickBooks. Um, so the, the, the amount of change that's happened and the maturity in that model, I, I feel like where regulatory technology is, is we're in that state of where they were in the 80s, and now we've got to uh, increase and, and, and progress that maturity curve. Um, the other piece is we've got to get more efficient. It shouldn't take thousands of people uh, or, or, or to, do, to get around this work. We need to be focused on more uh, the analytic in, analytic work out of it. Okay, we've got the the information and we understand how we're applying. What's what should we do with that? What are the next steps? How can we become more efficient? Um, that's where I think um, you know re, folks would, would prefer to spend their time versus trying to figure out spreadsheets matching and ticking in time. Yeah, I got to agree. Time is valuable. Make the best use of it and know everything's done for you, right? Yes. I think the next steps on that are also going to be, the first piece is you've got to get the data and understand how, how you're complying with it. And then we're going to start being able to uh, take artificial intelligence and regulations to another uh, level, like being able to get that in interpretation or analysis of that for then a lawyer to review versus someone having to sit down and do that. 
So I don't think you'll take away the aspects of um, the expertise, but what it may do is is cut down on um, some of the initial work and can be go to more from a review standpoint. So I think the evolution curve on this is is, is quite great in terms of the opportunity and space to uh, in the regular in the regulatory technology space and how we can do um, regular regulatory change management. Well, and regulatory change management, you know, that brings up, you know, I got one last question for you because we are going through the COVID-19 pandemic right now. And, you know, it's been a long process. It's going to probably be a lot longer because you mentioned like the passing of the CARES Act uh, going through and how we're already seeing that's going to have some change and that's going to have some impact. Do you foresee that because of this pandemic, there is going to be a lot more, maybe even rapid change as far as regulatory issues when it comes to the world of electronic payments. I know, for example, I, I've done several videos that talk about this is proving why we need more contactless and faster payments. And I really believe that because of this pandemic, that there's definitely a need. There's definitely more use cases than we saw even before. But to get to that point, especially of adoption and saturation within the network, it will require some assistance from the regulatory and rules bodies. I really believe, and this is, you know, payments professor thinking out loud, that we're going to see more rapid change regulatory wise in the next year or two because of the pandemic than we've seen in the past decade. What are your thoughts though? What do you think is going to happen because of what we're all making it through, suffering through, whatever you want to look at it, living through in these times? What do you think is going to be the impact of it in the future of regulations? Uh, I agree. I think uh, we're going to see a lot of regulatory change coming out of the uh, the CARES Act that just passed. Right? I think that's a 800 plus uh, page document, which is now got to get codified into the U.S. code and then uh, driven into regulations, but even at greater speed, because right now, if you look, small businesses need money. That money, those rules have got to be implemented before they'll probably even get codified into law, into regulations and work off of the, the act. Um, so I think that just putting that into place is going to be uh, a, a, a large increase in terms of the regulatory change standpoint. Um, and I don't think, and I think it's going to continue because, you know, I don't know where we end up in, in 30, 60, 90 days with where we stand today in terms of the economic environment. Um, you might have some loosening of um, regulations to help business as well. But I, the change, whether it's loosening or adding or deleting, the change factor is going to, con is going to continue. Right. Yeah, change, change is a constant. It's always going to be there. Uh, those who can adapt to that change and are prepared for it are the ones that are going to be the most successful. Well, I do want to thank you for being on the show. And before we close everything out, I do want to ask, do you have any final comments, anything else you'd like to say to the audience out there but before we close everything out? Well, first, I wanted to thank you for having me on. This has been a, a great session. And um, uh, we're here to help uh, uh, during this regulatory change environment. So if there's anything we can do, we're happy to help and assist. Uh, and again, I appreciate your, uh, you having us on, Kevin. 
Oh, not a problem. I'm glad I have you on the show. Uh, folks listening out there, you know, rules, regulations, it can be tedious. It can cause headaches, but it can also be fun. And we've got somebody here, um, Mr. Tagra from Azmuth, making it easier to be able to understand how rules and regulations work. He even said here to help. He's out there helping the industry by giving services and products that give you that ability to be able to work with and manage your rules and regulations a little bit better than before. There's no doubt about that. If any of you out there listening would like to be on the payments podium or know somebody who should be, maybe you've got some comments or questions, please email me, kevin at paymentsprofessor.com. We always appreciate you tuning in to listen and hope that you got something out of the payments podium. That's it for today. Class dismissed. Thank you for listening to the Payments Podium Podcast. Check back every Thursday for a conversation with the Payments Professor. This podcast is hosted and produced by Kevin Olson and edited by Sam Sue Smith. See you on Thursday.